I think that's what you ought to do. Just hallelujah. 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 You know, I traveled a bit. Dan, Dan, uh, Daniel was talking about that. We've been a lot of places in the world. And you know the neat thing about it, I, I don't speak a lot of languages. Some accuse me of not even speaking English. But everywhere you go, you got one word that everybody can say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And whatever language it comes out in, it still comes out hallelujah. Which means praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. You know, I love this, this uh, conference. Most of the songs I've never heard. You know, Andrew's always teasing me about being old. I'm not that much older than he is, but uh, he's always teasing me about the reason they added me to the staff was that I was there when they crossed the Red Sea. <laughs> and to give a first-hand account. And you know, the song we sung then was, I will sing unto the Lord. <laughs> Some of you were there with me, huh? <laughs> that was a good song. It's just on the wrong side. You know, praise uh, just kind of defines faith. And, uh, you know, the children of Israel on the one side of the Red Sea, they were murmuring, complaining, and saying, God, why did you bring us out here? Not enough gray space in Egypt. Then God gave them that great deliverance <clears throat> across the sea, caused it to dry up. <clears throat> then when they got on the other side, they broke out the tambourines, got around the campfire, and I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider are thrown into the sea. Right song, wrong side. And you know, sometimes we sing the right song that's on the wrong side. If we really believe what God has said, we can praise him before we ever see in the natural the answer. And you know, it's, uh, this has been a great time. I I really appreciate Daniel. We have had some conversations about what is praise, what is worship. And, you know, I really feel like a fish out of water with all these experts that have been around. And uh, Daniel just wowed us last night with all of his insight. Andrew was here. He's not, praise God. This way he can't take my message and say it was his. <laughs> like he does most of the time. You know, when I went to work for Andrew, some of you go back many years and knew Andrew back then. He always had a three-tape series. Since I've been with him, he's moved up to five and six. So he's really growing in the things of the Lord. So. But I really appreciated the spirit of this conference and everyone that's participated in it. It's just, uh, you know, it hasn't been entertainment. And so often you, uh, you go to places and uh, they call it a praise and worship conference and it's just simply each one, each star trying to outdo the other. And uh, here there's been just a spirit of unity among everyone and a beautiful atmosphere of praise and worship where you can communicate with God like it was meant to be. You know, it's uh, so much has been said, 
Uh, you know, Andrew used most of the scriptures I was going to use. <laughs> then Daniel came up and used the rest of them. <laughs> so I thought I might just uh, sing a song. <clears throat> Since the singers are preaching, I guess the preachers can sing. What do you think? <laughs> Some years ago, I ministered at Christ for the Nations, and Sister Lindsay was still alive, and they had a place behind a platform where the, the guests sat until it was time for them to come out. Before you went out on the platform, there was a big sign up over the door and said, Remember this, singers sing, preachers preach, don't get confused. <laughs> so, pretty good insight. Hallelujah. Well, let's see what I want to sing this morning. I think I'll sing the song that Paul and Silas sang at midnight. How many of you know what that was? You think it was gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. What do you think? They know the song. <laughs> no, I don't believe that's the one they sung at midnight. But, uh, you know, you hear that in a lot of churches. Uh, a lot of churches you visit, they're all trying to outdo one another, you know, and they're singing. And the most popular song going around the churches nowadays is, my problem's bigger than yours is. Yes, my problem's bigger than yours. Well, my problem's bigger than yours is. Yes, my problem's bigger than yours now you might not have heard that song but think about it have you ever gone in and talked about well you know I got this little pain right here well I know you but wait till you hear about mine now look at you innocent folks out there <laughs> acting like you've never been there when's the last time you shared a, a concern or a problem with someone and they said, well, I know that's bad, but what do you hear? What's wrong with me? And so, uh, thank God things are changing. And uh, I'm excited about what's happening at CBC because uh, Daniel's come in and uh, really turned our praise and worship program around. And I see all these students that are coming through the third year program. You know what? They're going to find some place. And they're going to go with, with truth. They're going to go with the right spirit, the right attitude. And, you know, I'm going to read some scriptures here in a minute, but I just want to, you know, Andrew got to voice his little pet peeves about listening to Christian music and how pitiful it is. He used that term often, pitiful, pitiful. I think he was trying to communicate to us. He thought it was pitiful. <laughs> and I guess in some places it might be pitiful. So he kind of shared his little pet peeve. I'll, I'll share mine. It's pitiful. Uh, I pastored for a number of years, not quite as long as Andrew claims I pastored. It was actually only 21 years, 18 years at the last church we pastored. And, and uh, 
we felt like when, uh, when God led us there to start the church, I'd, I didn't have any formal training. Don't you know Daniel's prayers doesn't work really well there. Did you see that? He prayed for all the millers to drown last night. There was a whole row of them behind me. I turned around and I said, what did you do to Daniel for him to pray that all of you would drown? So we're glad his faith wasn't really top notch last night because the millers were here. We appreciated that this morning. That was awesome. First time I'd heard those songs. But you know, when, uh, when we started our church, I had, didn't have any formal training. And, and so to, didn't know really how to pastor a church. And, and the students know my testimony that all I could do was read the Bible and pray and, and uh, then tried to put into uh, operation what I found in the Bible. And one of the things that, that I discovered in the scriptures is that God was very strong in sharing that one of the main ingredients of a local New Testament church, number one priority should be praise and worship. And that's above anything else that you do in the local church as far as, as I believe God showed me. Now, once again, this is for my personal testimony. And, and uh, you know, if you don't agree with it, you can be wrong if you want to. But uh, it just seemed like everything through Scripture was emphasizing the importance of praise and worship under our God. And that it should take a very prominent part in any time believers came together uh, and also when we're by ourselves this should be a, a part of our very lifestyle as as children of the most high God and so uh, we tried to incorporate that but you know the thing is if you're not careful you'll get caught up in what everyone else is doing and it's easy to become a cookie-cutter Christian and a cookie-cutter praise and worshiper. And one of the things that I noticed, and as I studied the scripture, I would go back to God dealing with the nation of Israel and how he had called them out and made, him, made them his special chosen people and instructed them on how they should live their lives and how they should approach him and, and all of the instructions. And, of course, the Old Testament is, is full of that. But as you go through the Old Testament, you read that Israel didn't always follow suit on what God had asked them to do. Uh, they didn't always obey his commands. And, but one thing they always did when it came the Sabbath, they were always ready to go through what they had been instructed to do in praise and worship. And there are several instances in the Old Testament where they would come before God after going after other gods and being involved with the other nations and not holding to the standards of God. But when they come to the Sabbath, they would all come in and go through all of the motions that are listed in Scripture that should be involved in praise and worship. And so they would bring their offerings and they would bring their sacrifices and they would lift their hands and they would dance before the Lord. And God said, <coughs> it's a stench in my nostrils. And Israel would respond and want to know, well, this is what you ask us to do. And he said, yeah, outwardly 
you're doing it, but your heart is far from me. Now, let's bring that into today since we're living in a, in a New Testament era. But how many times do we go to our gatherings, whether it be a local church or a conference or a seminary, and we come in and we go through the motions? And whoever's leading the service would say, all right, let's all lift our hands and like little puppets up go our hands. Uh, and then they'll say, let's all dance before the Lord. And then everybody jumps up and does their whatever they uh, think is a dance. <laughs> and, and yet God is looking down and he's saying, now is this coming out of your heart? Or is this just the religious routine that we've all been grafted into. And so many times today, when we, when we go to a church, the, the, and I'm going to call it what it really is, the song service is totally rehearsed. Not one note is missed. Everything is perfect. And you've got 20 minutes of intense singing. And then that's it. Now let's get on with the important stuff like the announcements. You know, you've got to have the holy anointed announcements. And then the minister stands up and brings his message. And then uh, we have a close, depending on your uh, tradition of how you bring a service to a close with an altar call or to just a prayer. And we go home and sad to say about 90% of the time, and I don't have any way of measuring that percentage, but no one's really encountered God. We've, we've got it down to an art. We can, we can put forth a service, and man, we can click, and we can get it all done in 90 minutes because, you know, that's, that's the limit of how long we can stay in a place we're supposed to be honoring God. And so <laughs> I believe God is, and the first night I believe it was, we had a song, I'm Coming Back to the heart of worship and it's all about him and we're I look through the scriptures and I wonder if these guys I mean they didn't have all of the great instruments that we've got they didn't have the PA system and they didn't have the monitors and they didn't have all of the things that we have that we think are necessary to worship God what I'm trying to get us to let's really do come back to the heart of worship. And it's not going to be about how well we can do it. And, and I, there's nothing wrong with doing things in excellence. I think we should do that before the Lord. And I think you've seen uh, these few days excellence before you. But there was more to it than the excellence. Uh, and everyone that's been up here and been featured, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't because of their performance. But it was because they were indeed worshiping the Lord and was basically just inviting us to join with them. And that's really what it's all about. And, you know, Daniel said it several times the other night. Let's just don't get in a hurry. And, and I'm longing, and we tried to practice this when I pastored. Let's, let's don't get into our form. That we've got three fast songs, three soul songs, sing a little in tongues just to act spiritual, and then move on to the... <clears throat> And, and we leave and, and never really sense. And I know uh, I work for an individual that, you know, his least favorite song is I've Got a Feeling. 
everything's going to be all right. <laughs> you don't want to sing that one around Andrew. <laughs> but you know what? I got a feeling. <laughs> I had a feeling a while ago when I am. And I, and I had it from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And I'm not embarrassed to tell you, I had a feeling. <laughs> and you know what? I feel like everything's going to be all right. Now, I want you to know, feelings shouldn't dominate us. I understand that principle. Emotions shouldn't control us. But you know what? God's the one that gave us the feelings. God's the one that gave us the emotions. And bless God, if I want to let them out every once in a while, just get out of my way. You know, the other thing that, you know, I got to get this off my chest before I get to the word. Hey, it's my hour. <laughs> all, of the, all of the expressions of, of, of worshiping and praising God, we're, we're so individual. You know, I, I listen to my brother, and what the, the, the way he delivers a song is totally different than my brother over here delivering a song. And isn't it amazing that we... We enjoy those differences in giftings and the way people present their message, their song. But isn't it a shame that then we don't allow everybody else to have the freedom to worship the Lord as they desire? I'll just tell you in advance, uh, if you're a dancer and you're doing it as unto the Lord, and it's not just so you'll be noticed... I, I applaud you. But I don't want you coming around grabbing me and trying to make me dance if I don't want to dance. I used to go to a particular church and I was always seated at the right place and, and uh, I'd, uh, they'd do their, their song service and I'd be communicating with the Lord as I feel like I want to communicate with the Lord. And then they'd come up and say, well, Brother Parr, is something wrong? And I said, well, no. Well, I didn't see you dancing or clapping your hands or raising your hand. I said, why were you watching me? <laughs> you know, this, this should be about us communicating with God and not watching one another. And if I want to stand there with my eyes closed... And my arms behind my back, worshiping God, leave me alone. I'm not going to come up and knock you down if you're one of the dancers. If it's freedom to worship, then let's be free to worship as we want to express ourselves to God. Because it's out of the heart that true worship comes. And, and we've got to come to that place in the body of Christ. We don't all have to do it the same way. And, and like I say, most of these songs, I've never heard. But they're great songs. And, and we'll learn them. I, I love the, the seminar that Daniel did here. And I didn't get to sit in on all of it. But I, I would have loved to. Generational worship. So what, what's right? The, the hymns or the new pop songs or... You know, what's, what's going on? What, what, well, what's God leading you to do? You know, and some of those hymns are precious. I mean, they, they convey a, a message. Yeah. 
But these songs we heard this morning, they're, they're just totally in line with what Scripture teaches. It's a different style. It's a different era. But, folks, we, we're going to have to wake up and say, hey, you don't all have to be like me. You don't all have to sing the same songs I sing. And we've got to come to the place that we don't ostracize people if they don't do what we do. And judge people that, well, you're not dancing, so you, you're just not very spiritual. Hey, I got Baptist feet. <laughs> Most of me, the Baptist is gone, but it hadn't left my feet yet. Every time I try to do this, it just, I, I, I get about like this, but I'm, I'm working on it. Every once in a while, I get under the anointing and I do a little of this. That's it. You know, it's, uh, it's all right. <laughs> I have to wait for the next anointing to drop. To, to <laughs> Aren't you glad the Holy Spirit is not nervous? And, uh, you know, one of the greatest truths I think we proclaim from this school is the fact that God shows up when you show up. Amen. We don't spend half an hour. You know, I've been to some of those churches for about the first 30 minutes. They're inviting God to come. They never tell us if he gets there. <laughs> I'm always waiting. I mean, they just plead to come, Holy Spirit, come. And I'm thinking, did he get here? <laughs> they never tell you. And you leave. Did, did he come? Or... Aren't you glad we've been set free from that? And know that when Jesus told the truth when he said, I'm going to send the comforter and he's going to abide with you. How long? He doesn't get nervous when they hit. Uh, his guitar string broke all ago and I just lost it. It just, the anointing left. Just, sorry, brother. Have to get better guitar strings uh, or... I'm bringing all this out because this really affects people, you know, and if a baby cries, I mean, they do, oh, there he went, right. might as well close the Bible and leave. Well, since I'm on a roll, I love uh, what uh, Daniel shared last night, but, you know, I, I, I was, you know, going back over some scriptures and, and asking the Lord what I needed to share this morning. And, you know, it's, it's amazing that when you go to the New Testament and the pastoral epistles and, and those letters that are addressed to the church, there's very little said in the New Testament about praise and worship. Very limited if you're going to try to teach a message on praise and worship and use only New Testament scriptures. There's probably not over half a dozen until you get to the book of Revelation which is beyond the church age when we're going to spend eternity around the throne of God crying out, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And there won't be any watches. That's, that's going to be one of the most awesome things about heaven. Time will be no more. And you know, when you think about that, where God lives now, where he operates, there is no time. We measure everything by time. But God doesn't measure by time. It's always now with God. That's why he said, I am. It's always now with God. 
But there's not much in the New Testament about praise and worship. And so I've been asking the Lord, how do we teach a message on praise and worship from a New Testament believer's point of view? Well, what we have to understand is that when the New Testament was given, they were given it as they were living it. I mean, you know that they had church beginning on the day of Pentecost. And they didn't have any New Testament scriptures on how to do praise and worship. I believe what we're seeing is that they knew from what had been recorded in the Old Testament what praise and worship was all about. Now, I understand when we're, we're looking at the Psalms that David is expressing his repentance. For, that's, not, that's not praise. That's not worship. If you get up and sing a song about you today, that's not praise and that's not worship. But you begin to look at the Psalms. The ones that are addressed to the Lord, the the Psalms of praise. Let's just go over to Psalm, uh, and we can jump in, I don't know, just about anywhere. Let me see where my Bible opens to, and this will be the anointed scripture. (laughs) Andrew's not here, so... It's okay, those of you out there struggling to see your Bible, put your glasses on. You're free. We won't judge you. Let's see. Let's, uh, man, you can just jump in just about anywhere. Let's just start with uh, uh, Psalm 145. I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day will I bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Hallelujah. Oh, then Psalm 146. Praise you the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, while I praise the Lord, I will sing praises to my God while I have any being. We're going to read some more in a minute, but the point I'm trying to get you to see is that this is what the New Testament church built their praise and worship services on. This was the instruction. And how many of you know, God says more than once, I'm the Lord your God, I change not. Now, the way he ministers to people, and certainly we know what happened at Calvary's cross, and we certainly want to be preaching on this side of the cross But I want you to know, it didn't negate how great God is. And it didn't negate for us to stand up and say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul does magnify the Lord. And this is where we need to come back and realize that we don't have to eliminate all those Old Testament scriptures. Just because they're in the Old Testament. I mean, you know, God wants us to continue to look at that because... If he didn't, he wouldn't have had it recorded. It's still a part of the Bible as far as I'm concerned. Now, if you go to the extreme on this saying, hey, we're just going to do New Testament worship. Well, then, you know, you might ought to go join the Church of Christ because they're probably the closest to being New Testament in any church out here. 
You said that. Well, there's nothing in the Gospels, there's nothing in the Epistles that mention any kind of instrument. And so somebody took that saying, well, it's New Testament, we're New Testament, so no instruments mentioned in the New Testament, so let's do away with all the instruments. See, sometimes, folks, we strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Sometimes we throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I know, where, I know where God dwells today. I'm very comfortable in the fact and the knowledge and the truth that God lives in me. And where I go, he goes. And I realize I don't have to go through all of the motions of entering the outer court. And that was a beautiful teaching last night that Daniel gave on the tabernacle. I, I understand we are now the temple of the living God. But you know what? God still wants to be praised. And I tell you, he gave us a whole book on how to do it. And, and all through the Acts, I mean the, the, the Psalms, we read these. Praise you the Lord. Praise you the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise you him all his angels. Praise you him all his hosts. Praise him sun and moon. Praise him all your stars and light. Praise you heavens of heavens and your waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord for he commanded and they were created. Now praise is, is when we just begin to exalt the Lord and acknowledge his greatness and who he is and, and what it's all about. But then, you know, when we come to worship, we enter into a different realm. Praise uh, is, there's a lot of corporate that goes into praise, but when you enter into worship, it becomes real personal. Matter of fact, if you'll look it up, you'll see that one of the definitions and one of the word pictures given for worship is a dog licking his master's hand. Now, dogs can teach us a lot of lessons. I mean, you know, they operate with unconditional love. And we used to have a golden retriever. He lived to be 20 years old. And I'm telling you, he was a special dog. But he always was ready to greet us. And it wasn't always pleasant. But that big old tongue. <laughs> Do you know what? He was demonstrating worship. And I'm not trying to be gross or anything, but when we worship God, it's supposed to be a real intimate moment between you and God. And you don't worry about who else is out there, what anybody else is doing. This is a time that I'm going to just bring myself into. And I don't do it physically, but inwardly prostrate myself before him because that's another definition of the word worship is to prostrate or bow down. And it, once again, it's... We don't need to get into this mold that we just become cookie cutters, praise and worshipers that, you know, lift your hands, everybody's hand goes up, dance, everybody dances, clap, everybody claps. You know, we need to be how we want to express ourselves to the Lord. And then we ought to just leave everybody else alone and let them express themselves to the Lord because worship is a real personal thing. Yeah, and it's great when a whole group of people get together like we have this morning, like we'll do again tonight, like we've been doing. This is awesome. This is so refreshing. And then you could go through the scriptures and see all the benefits that come and talk about the enemy being stilled. And I'm telling you, it's a powerful thing. And it is a true expression of your faith because if you believe in God, you can be praising him regardless of what you're going through in life. 
Matter of fact, it's a real tool to get through those hard times. It's just to get your mind off yourself and get it on the Lord and, and just watch what God will do. And so once again, I, I just love everything that's going on, and I so appreciate Daniel. And I don't want to, you know, brag too much. He might get a halo, and if the halo ever slipped, it'd become a noose. So we don't want that to happen. But he's doing an awesome job. And, and all of you guys, I just commend you. It's been awesome. And, you know, all the special guests, they've just added to this. But, you know, I'm excited because of our students that are here. And, and, uh, and praise God, the best is yet to come. I tell you, I know it kind of put a strain on your voice. I appreciate you sacrificing. But that's part of praise, sacrifice of praise. So... Put him on the spot. But wasn't that good? I love that song because it preaches. I mean, it is a message. I am. I am. Who are you, God? I am. I am what? What do you need? Healing? I am your healing. Prosperity? I am your prosperity. Peace? I am your peace. Joy? I am your joy. Whatever it is you need, he am. Amen. Are we supposed to take a break or what do we do now, Daniel? Time's up. So what do you want to do? <laughs> How about a little soft shoe? It's your turn, Daniel. Thank you, guys. Bless you. Wow, was that awesome or what? You can tell why our students love Wendell so much, can't you? For those of you who aren't here in school, he's a father. And you know, we need fathers and mothers in the body of Christ. And so many times when people are in their older years, there's this uh, uncommunicated message, especially in the world of worship. I did a whole seminar on this recently, and... Um, Gary and, and several of the team uh, made it possible for that series to be available. We actually do have it out on the product table. It's called Generational Worship, and it's something that Tracy and I have had on our hearts for a number of years. And uh, often in the worship community, you know, if you're over 30 years old, uh, you're a has-been. Get off the stage already. You know, it's tragic because that is not representative of the heart of God and it's definitely not representative of the church. And so as you age, you just need to understand that there's no retirement in the kingdom of God. We need you as moms and dads, and we need you as sons and daughters. And so there's a place for everybody at the table. And one of the things I so appreciate about our faculty is that not everybody here is 25 years old. Amen. We have people of all ages, and uh, it's just a blessing to have somebody like Wendell, who's such a dad, and you feel that father's heart as, uh, as he communicates. So Wendell and Linda both, thank you guys so much. We love you tons. Amen. <laughs>